0: Swimmers and welcome to our very first torpedo swim talk podcast. Today's special guest is nineteen ninety one world champion gold medalist Lindley Frame, who more recently has taken the masters swimming world by storm with six golds and three world records from FINA world championships. There
1: you go, Bob.
0: Hi, Lindley, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Hi. how, How are you going? I'm actually
1: really good. I'm good. Where are you coming to us from today? Um, So I'm at home in Melbourne um, and beautiful springtime day. And it's lovely in Melbourne at the moment because um, restrictions have started easing. So I think we're all sort of feeling a little bit lighter. Yes, as though we're set free for the first time. Yes, yes, and I've, you know, I've had a lovely morning. I've been for a swim and, you know, it's just, yeah, I think it's those little things that I um, really appreciate but the last few months have highlighted. um, Yeah, just every day just, you know, doing something to feel good about yourself is important. Definitely. How did you cope
0: with lockdown restrictions? How did you go with your exercise?
1: Well. For the most part, I did a lot of walking. Um, I was one of those ones that was guilty of downloading exercise apps and I'd use them for a few weeks and then stop again. (laughs) Um, I hadn't done much swimming at the start of the year and partway through the first lockdown, I was absolutely desperate just to get in the pool and swim and have like a moment of, you know, that, that silence, just hearing the water rush past. Uh, Um, and so as soon as pools opened up the first time I, you know, made those bookings and, um, and then even the second time, you know, going through that extended period of not swimming again, it was, it was really nice to be able to get back in the pool and just have a bit of me time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think during this time, a lot of swimmers discovered that it's very meditative for them, swimming and Absolutely. And being there and stretching out in the water and just having that time where you can't be reached by your phone and your
1: emails and all those kind of things. And that's what I use swing for 90% of the time these days. It's, it's exactly as you said, that stretching out and um, I tend to – you know, either work through problems or things that I need to do. Often if I'm, you know, putting together a presentation or a talk, I actually create that as I'm swimming along or think of, you know, my key topics. Um, But then I have some beautiful moments where I realise that I've completely switched off from everything And there's that just blissful not thinking about anything and I forget which end of the pool I'm turning at and how many laps I've done. And for me, that's actually always, you know, one of the most beautiful things that I've been able to just stop for a second.
0: I think that that's a beautiful thing that you, you get from swimming, even aside from the competition and all the success you've had, just having that love of being in the water I think it's the most important thing and I think um, a lot of our master swimmers that are listening today would feel that as well. Having Some of them have had earlier careers and have got back in the water after a number of years. Just having that beautiful feeling in the water and our master swimming community, it's wonderful. I I love that whole thing about it. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your Fair I call it first swimming career, but w- what you're best known for is your amazing win in Perth in nineteen ninety-one at
1: the World Champs in the Hundred Meter breaststroke. Was was that your perfect race? It was one of my perfect races. Um I did have others, you know, along my career, but I'd say, you know, I could probably count perfect races on both hands, and that's I think mainly because as an athlete you tend to be really Hypercritical of yourself, um, and not in a bad way. It's I think it's an excitement of what can I do better next time. Um, but the hundred breaststroke at the World Championships was that moment in time where everything to came together. You know, the, the training I'd been doing, the taper, um, the strength training. It would just and my confidence. I think that was that's always a key thing. Um, it just. It came together at the right moment, which um, which was so special. And, you know, that moment, um, it's crazy to think that, you know, my 100 breaststroke was a minute and eight seconds and that changed my life. It changed the opportunities yes. I had in my life. Um, but it also allowed me to realise a dream that I'd has, had as a kid of just wanting wanting to be the best at something, which was quite quite crazy because I was actually quite shy and introverted um <laughs> so but I just I wanted to be really good at something and um it was just that moment of realizing you know those things do happen I always thought they often happen to other people um but this time it, it happened to me um and you know my, I'd started swimming at nine and um and I was 19 when I won the World Championship, so it had just been years of, of chipping away and riding that roller coaster that's sportive. You know, sometimes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't go so well and just being prepared to to stick at it for the long haul. Yes, and I mean, that wasn't your only medal
0: at those um, championships,
1: was it? No, I walked away from the championships with a gold and two silvers, so... Um, and I also had, had the 50 breaststroke on the first day. So that was an exhibition event, but I had a great swim for the 50 and um, swam the PB and set a national record. But our head coach, Don Talbot, didn't want us racing in the finals. It was just, you know, he just looked at it as a hit out because it was an exhibition event. It didn't count in our medal tally. Um, right. I was so desperately disappointed and not being able to win the final.
0: Did they, um, even though it was an exhibition race, did they
1: award medals for that? Yep, yep. yeah. And the girl that got the gold medal <laughs> swam slower than I'd swam that morning.
0: Um, oh, no.
1: <laughs> but I think they're those moments that you kind of go, I really, that's what I want. That's what I'm here for. I'm serious. And I always was serious about it, but it's just that moment where you go, this is it. This is your opportunity. Um, My 200 breaststroke was the next event. I was ranked 35th in the world for that. And I swam a PB in the morning, um, ended up with laying four for the final, and I was absolutely terrified. I was so, I spent the whole day between heats and finals trying to, distract myself, have a bit of a sleep, not overthink everything. Um and was this before um was this before semi finals came into being? Yeah, so yeah. it was heats and finals in the one day. Yeah. Finals, yes. Um yeah. Yeah. and just you know having an Australian crowd, I felt the pressure. Hayley Lewis, I think, swam the four hundred IM not long before me and she won a gold medal, I want to say from lane eight. She had an extraordinary swim. My, I and um, isn't it awful that uh, the memories are kind of blurring a bit? Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I nailed it I nailed that two hundred breaststroke. In fact, I think, you know, that was one of my one of my greatest races. Um, and my coach had said to me before the race, just. Um, all you need to do is do the best you can do. Like when you get out of the pool and walk away, you have no regrets. And I actually have no regrets. I came second by 0. 0.02. It's um, well, close. I was in lane four. The other girl was in lane one. You know, you can't see as a breaststroker. Um, and, but I, you know, I remember thinking I just, I did all the things right and I swam my perfect race. Um, other people, were probably questioning my, my race because <laughs> after the first 100 I was in eighth place. I was always so afraid of going out too fast. Um, yes. And um, so I was in eighth place but I was very controlled and I picked up the pace in the third 50 and moved up to sixth place and um, Phil Rogers was my training partner and we swam side by side every day for years and I always tried to beat him on the turns and, um, and that was my thing every session. If Phil and I went into the wall together, I tried to get as close as possible um, to him on the turns on my pull-out. Right. And um, I just remember thinking, hitting that final turn for the 200, um, this is it, and I hit the wall in sixth place and came out sort of um, equal place. I went sort of from sixth place to second with one turn and, um it had been great for me from my coaches right from the start that that is not a place to rest. That's a place to, you know, make a difference, take an advantage, get in front of someone else. Um, and, yeah, so I do I do think that's one of my most favourite races and it gave me the confidence to stand on the block for the 100 breaststroke and I just, I believed that I could do it. Um, so it was yeah. just a matter of keeping um, you know, myself under control and, and managing that that um, nervous energy. Um, and then my third event was was a four by hundred Medley relay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and Australia came second. Yes, second to the US. Yes. Um, who were your team members in that one? Uh, who, Nicole who Livingston, something... Susie O'Neill and Karen Van Wertham. Right. Yeah, And America America one. Yeah, we were leading just. three quarters of the race, and they just overtook us at the end of the freestyle leg.
0: Wow, I can I can vaguely remember it. I was yeah watching from home, thinking how wonderful it all was, and and that um the Australians
1: were doing so well. It was a, a wonderful World Championships for Australia. I think it was special because until that point we hadn't really had the opportunity to swim in front of a a home crowd and we yeah, have not had been, yeah and and also sorry just um jumped in and also I think just to be able to swim in this hemisphere it's you know we didn't have to we didn't have to fly anywhere we didn't have to worry about jet lag that was you know really quite unique for us yes yeah definitely
0: just just back to something you were saying about the, the 200 100 and 200 breaststroke Had your training before that focused on the 100 and the 200 was sort of just an extra race that you had, or were you focusing
1: on that 200 breaststroke as well? No, definitely focused on the 200 breaststroke as well. Um, I had quite a few coaches during my career that actually said, you know, the 200 is probably your better event because I had a very um, long stroke and slow stroke rate. Um, it was really just the power that I generated from from the weight work that I did that also allowed me to swim that fast my My biggest problem was always um that fine line of you know how much lactic acid I was producing so you know we used to do a lot of a lot of broken hundreds, so um you know like say six two hundreds, but you would do. Um, 150 and then, you know, have a short break and then push the final 50 um, to make sure that you are swimming under your split time or, you know, we might do 1650s on the 60 but trying to hold your 200 pace. Um, yes. So there was a lot of a lot of pace work always done um, and a lot of even slow swimming of breaststroke for me, which I loved. I loved that feeling um so well, a yeah. lot of drills and technique type stuff drills technique I always it was funny when I was a younger swimmer as a breaststroker I used to go my stroke is off um, but the older I got I found that my stroke didn't feel like it was off or out of rhythm very often and if it was I would just stop swimming full stroke and for everything I did I'd just do two pulls, one kick, and I just pulled back from swimming the full stroke for a little bit, and I found that um, my rhythm came back really quickly.
0: That's that's really good. I, I still use that drill today. I think that's a, a, great, a great drill. It's,
1: one, it's a that, beautiful drill.
0: I think it's, yeah, the best breaststroke drill. Is this um, the training that you had leading up to 1991, this is when you were at the Institute of Sport?
1: Yes, so I moved to the Institute of Sport in eighty nine. Um, an extraordinary opportunity that that I actually turned down a few times, but mainly because I was scared to leave home. Um, and I ended you up. you were very home. young. Yeah, I was seventeen when I left home. Yeah, that's and very young. Now I sort of think about it and go, wow. Um, but <laughs> yeah. um, I did realise that it was a great opportunity, and at that time I was actually swimming. At the Bullen Swimming Pool, which was a four-lane, twenty-five metre pool with rope lane ropes. Yes. And you know, I went from that to swimming at this beautiful eight-lane, fifty metre pool at the Institute of Sport, um, under a fantastic coach with Terry Gathercole. So. Um, it, it was an amazing experience, Lot, lots of adjustments. I went from swimming five or six sessions a week to 11 sessions a week and, <laughs> and I'd never done really gym work before so I picked up three, three gym sessions on top of that and, um, yeah, it was, it was a big adjustment but it was an amazing time to be at the Institute. You know, I lived with um, about 300 other athletes from all different sports. And I just had access to some of, you know, the best sports science people in the world. And, you know, I think I was I was very lucky that I got that scholarship.
0: It was an amazing opportunity. Were you um you were in uh, like a little breaststroke squad when you were there, or were you all sort of mi- all the strokes mixed in together? I know Terry was your coach then, and was it just a small group of breaststrokers like yourself and Phil Rogers, or the
1: first year that I was there, um, it was it was a bit of a mixed group. We had some sprint freestylers, a couple of backstrokers. Um, it's a, that's always really interesting because backstroke and breaststroke swimming in the same lane just do not work for either <laughs> of them. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we had a bit of a mixed group, but by the time we sort of got towards 92, we were just down to a breaststroke squad Um you know, over the four-year period, um, Coach really kind of specialised the group and, um, yeah, there are sort of, I think there were four of us sort of by 92 that were the key ones. We had the occasional swimmer that, um, that was from the country and back then the pools in the country and often, you know, still today they only open in the summer months. So we used to have kids come through during winter that would join our program. Um, which was always quite nice. But um, Phil Rogers was probably one of the most extraordinary training partners that I had, Um, partly just because of his talent and his speed, but he also made it a lot of fun as well. So that was really important for me that there was was always time for a laugh.
0: I think that's important when you're training that hard, (laughs) definitely.
1: Yes. Yeah, and, and I think... Um, you know, across the board, you know, we always had about three programs running at the Institute and it's pretty lucky that there was inspiration kind of all around us. And, you know, when I went there as a 17-year-old, I had senior athletes that had already been to an Olympic Games and um, some great experience. So it was always great to look and listen. And probably the only thing that always made me really fearful was when we all trained together, and Bill Sweetnam took the program um, because he was he was such a tough coach. And you know, being a breaststroke specialist and not flash at freestyle, um, I was always a bit terrified about whether I could make you know Bill's whole you know institute program training session. But that was just a good reality check for me, I think. <laughs>
0: Who was, who was the tougher of the two coaches, Bill Sweetnam or Don Talbot?
1: Um that's a really interesting one. Um pretty fine line. I think, you know, I had the experience of doing swimmer sessions with Bill Sweetham. Um Don Talbot just really used to oversee what we did as a national program. They're both incredibly tough, but to be honest. I've learned so much more from them in their coaching styles and their expectation of me as an athlete. Um, So, you know, you could be a little bit afraid of of both of them because they they were, you know, they had really high expectations and they worked you really hard. Um, But, you know, what they taught you in respect and diligence and all of those kinds of things, I think I'm really fortunate that they were both part of my swimming career.
0: Yeah, they're both um, legends of our sport. It's wonderful that you got to have that experience with them. And um, it, Did you – oh, sorry, you go. I was
1: going to say, you know, Don Talbot had a really big impact on on things that I was doing. He was very forward-thinking and but he always was as a coach, you know, um, I remember him in sort of 89, 90 changing um, my dive and getting coached to work on that to change my entry angle and uh, all of those kinds of things. So, you know, he, he did go through, you know, with each athlete and, and look at it from a, um, from a different perspective and was always able to offer these little tweaks. That's that's amazing to hear too,
0: because you. I sort of, I always had this idea that he he came in and was was there for those big competitions. But it's good to know that he was there, interacting with all of you along the journey, and that he's had that kind of impact. I know he just passed away recently. Um, were you in touch with him sort of up to that time, or?
1: I'd had bits and pieces over the years, not not at the end, um, but. And and a little bit like Bill Sweetham, you know, I was always happy to see Don. Um, and I think that's because, you know, of the time that I had spent and the time he had put into me and supported me as an athlete and challenged me. Um, yep. so um I think, you know, every time I got the opportunity to come across him, it was great. Um and because I sort of transitioned out of swimming when I finally retired and went into television, and he was still the head coach. So, yeah, I did. I did have lots of times where I could just stop and talk, and uh, and and that was really nice. I think as an athlete, you have a lot of people around that um, have a great impact on you as a person.
0: It's it's one of the best things about swimming, I think, definitely. Just looking, going ahead a little bit to 1992. Um, when you qualified for the Barcelona Olympics. Was that the the second time that you were representing Australia, obviously at the World Champs and then Barcelona? Had um, you represented Australia before that?
1: Yeah, I'd also swam two Panpacs as well. So my first Australian team was a Panpacs in 89 and then I swam Panpacs in 91. So um, I really kind of knew what I was up for. As far as you know, the quality of work I had to do to to be on the national team and to maintain my spot on the national team, I just um, I remember being so relieved at trials. I think that was my my biggest kind of memory and emotion was actually almost relief because to to be in the first two and to go under the qualifying time and to know that you've you've got that automatic selection. Um, It's such a relief. Four years earlier, I'd swum at the 88 trials and I got a second and a fourth place, but I'd missed um, qualifying times. And uh, so I knew what it was like to sit in the stand and and see an Olympic team selected um, and desperately, you know, wanting to be part of that. But um, I think there are only 26 of us selected for Barcelona, so it was a smallish team. Very small compared yeah. to
0: these days. Yeah, yeah.
1: very small. Um, and yeah, my my feeling was of of probably relief um, that you know I I'd, I'd sort of stepped across that line, and you know it's such an honour for me to um, call myself an Olympian. And yes that that was you know such a such a moment um that I'll never forget hearing my name announced, and we had to walk around the the um pool the selection trials were actually in Canberra I' right. getting quite teary um walking around that pool um so Barcelona was was an amazing experience. I didn't swim the way that I wanted to swim um but I learned along the way that's how international competition is. I think the worst thing for me was coming off the back of being a world champion Mm -hmm. and then just not performing the way I wanted to. Um, I I found that really hard and I lived for a long time feeling like I, you know, um, hadn't achieved what I should have and probably let a few people or felt like I'd let a few people down, coach in particular, because that was our last time that that he was actually going to be my coach. He retired after that. He'd been really unwell. Right. So I just I felt bad that I hadn't performed better. Um, but reality is you can only do what you can do on the day. And, you know, something was out. I had three quarters of both of my races were really good, um, and then that last sort of 15, 20 metres was just hideous, um, oh. um, you know, which which is every swimmer's nightmare really. I remember the 200, you know, it's those feelings that, and um, it felt like a piano fell on my back. <laughs> and I, sort of, I can laugh about it now but at the time I was mortified because you've still got 20 metres to swim and you can see people swimming past you. And yes, and you just, feel like you're on the spot. I've hey? <laughs> just been devastated. So, um, you know, there, there was mixed feelings. It was, you know, that, you know, I made my Olympic dream come true, but I didn't quite, you know, swim the way that I wanted to swim. But as you get older, you can reconcile yourself with with all of those things. And I knew that I was so lucky to have that opportunity and have that honour of calling myself an Olympian. So I've never really lost sight of how special that is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's such a special thing that you can call yourself an Olympian. What What number Olympian were you? I know that you all get a number.
1: Yeah, so I am 374. Gee, I hope that I got that right. (laughs) I'm going to look that up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think I'm 374. Um, So that's not just Olympians um, but for being selected on your first Australian team. So it goes back to, so Freddie Lane is number one. Um, So it goes back all that way. So it connects you to the sport and to the history. And, you know, I was really lucky growing up because my coach had competed at the Olympics. So he competed at 1956 and 1960. He was a coach in 64. So during my swimming career, you know, I had people like Dawn Fraser and John Devitt and John Conrad's and um, Beverly Whitfield and, you know, coached, coached, coached Lisa Forrest. Um, I had all these swimmers coming in and out of my life. So I was really aware of the history and and really lucky that that I had these you know people that I'd looked up to around me
0: It's an amazing yeah it's an amazing legacy that you've um created and and been a part of what um why did you retire like you retired the year after Barcelona is that right or
1: um no one I kept or
0: one or two years after
1: I kept going i um I made two. Uh, three Australian teams after that. I went to two World Short Course Championships. Um, I went to Rio de Janeiro and um, Mallorca. So I did the very first World Short Course Championships and um, I had a Pan packs in there. I actually stopped swimming because I, I was really sick. Um, I got sick at altitude in '96 training for um, the Olympic Trials. Um, now, during my swimming career, I had glandular fever um, I think three times and um, I was always prone to getting sick. I had tonsillitis for nearly six months straight at one point point. Um, and I got sick at altitude and I just didn't recover from it. Um, came third at the 96 Olympic trials, but that was, that was actually the last time I raced. Which was sort of quite a right. shock later on to realise that sometimes you just don't know it's your last swim. No. Um, and I was um, I moved into TV. And I started working for you know Channel Seven, who had the rights to the Olympics, and um, and I I worked then, but I was also really sick at the time, so I had about eighteen months where I was bedridden. Um, uh, with chronic fatigue, I had an amazing doctor at the Alfred Hospital um, that worked in microbiology and infectious diseases and it um, took me a long while to find him. But, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't well. Um, I struggled to do a lot of things for a long while. Um, and probably the saddest thing for me was one of the doctors I consulted during that time told me that I would never swim again. Right. Um <laughs> And at that time, you know, I was probably in bed, you know, I couldn't get out of bed some days um, and I couldn't, you know, walk, you know, more than from my bedroom to the lounge room. And, you know, so the thought of, you know, actually not swimming was, yeah, I could actually relate to that. Um, but that was that was a really sad moment. So it was kind of funny that I ended up having a second swimming career. <laughs> um, second
0: career. How long were you out of the water with the chronic fatigue? So last race in nineteen ninety six. Yep. How long were you out of the water before you hopped you hopped back in again? Um, Even just for your first your first sort of paddle about.
1: Oh, I think I remember one of my first paddleabouts. Actually, um, we were living in Russia in early 2000s and, um, and I went over to the we got the opportunity to go to a health center and and I bought a swimsuit and and had a little swim but to be honest I didn't didn't do much swimming at all um, and it wasn't really until you know the late late sort of 2000 I think 2008 2009 that I really got back into swimming again
0: is that um, when you started sort of training again or did you come back to master swimming with a a competition or
1: no it was um, how how did it all start? (laughs) It started because swimming has actually always been um a really lovely place for me and um and I've always loved it. No matter what's happened during my career and frustrations, I'd always loved it and it felt like a safe place. And I was going um, through just a hard time in life. I was going through a divorce um, and I just needed some space from the world and um, and I decided to go for a swim one day and I swam 50 metres and I had to stop. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I would swim a lap and stop, swim a lap and stop and I was kind of mortified, you know, because you think about what you could do before and then I was you know <laughs> quite gobsmacked and and um, I'd set a goal for myself that I wanted to be able to swim and I don't know why I picked the number but I wanted to swim at 800 meters straight and it took me a little while to get there um, and I just kept chipping away and I don't know who told me about it but I actually think it was um, my coach's wife so Terry Gathol- Cole's wife um, Carol was talking about a Masters Games that were in Sydney and she said, why don't you swim? And um, I liked what, a, year, what year was that? I want to say, I'm not sure if it was 2008 or 2009. It might have been 2009. And, right. Um, uh, I think it was just a, a World Masters Games in Sydney and um, and the idea was that I would swim in a relay but to swim in the relay you had to <laughs> enter individual events so I entered the individual events and then the three other girls decided not to swim oh no um, but I just I nominated to swim the 50 free and the 50 breaststroke and right. um, and I did do a bit once I'd made that decision I did a bit of training and fortunately I'm really lucky with access to coaches and um, I spoke with Rowan Taylor who's now um, Swimming Australia's head coach and yes. uh, I'd known Rowan for years and I said, listen, I just, I need someone to tell me what to do. I want to swim three times a week. I don't want to swim for more than 45 minutes. I put up these parameters around what I was doing because um, I didn't want it to appear like I was I don't know, full-on back into swimming again because I didn't know where swimming fitted in my life anymore. Yeah, because you're
0: busy busy with
1: your career and your children and yes, my kids fitting, were, fitting it all in. My kids were really young. That was actually another thing. My kids had actually never seen me race. So for me that was actually quite exciting that they would get to see me do something that I really loved. Um, so I went to the World Masters and I was um, – I was so nervous um, (laughs) and I swam the 50 free and the 50 breast and I had the best time. It actually took me back to why I started swimming in the first place, why I wanted to be a competitive swimmer and it was just that joy of racing. I think um, for a lot of people during your career towards the end and it doesn't matter what level you swim at, it becomes a bit of a grind and in some cases there's expectations and um, there was just, yeah, it stopped being fun but, oh, my goodness, it was fun and they were just one lap. So that's perfect as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um, And then not long after that I saw Ian Pope who was the head coach of Melbourne Vic Centre and he'd seen my results and he's – I saw him in the parking lot at the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre and he said, you know, with those times that you swam, you could probably make a final at the national championships. And I said, well, that's ridiculous because I think I was 38. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why would anyone do that? Um, but he actually planted a seed and I thought that would be really interesting. So, yes. So, um, and he let me come in and swim with his squad. Same thing again. I only swam three times a week. This time, um, I added in a little bit of gym work as well. And I went to um, I went to the 2010 Commonwealth Games trials, which was actually a bit of a challenge because by putting my name in the program, which I didn't, I didn't put my entry until the end. All of a sudden, there was this flurry about whether I was making a comeback. Um, <laughs> And for me, it had never been about making a comeback. You know, I was, I, I'd done that, um, but I do like to test myself, and, um, and so I swam the heat, and <laughs> I dead heated, and dead heated for sixteenth place to swim in the semifinal. Oh <laughs> so I no. The first swim off I'd done in my whole swimming career, um, and, <laughs> um, and the athlete that was 15 years junior came off much better. <laughs> <laughs> was the swim off at the end of the heat session? Yes, yes. Oh gosh, so not much recovery. No, <laughs> no not not enough recovery for 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 my age. <laughs> um. But it was it was fun. I was sort of apprehensive because it's funny I think back now and. I felt really old on pool deck, but I, you know, I was in my late thirties. Um, I know that's not old now. No, it's not old now, and I think it was just, you know, that I was swimming with a lot of lot of young kids, and and you know, to be honest, half the coaches on pool deck were people that I had actually trained with, so it um, <laughs> was big week for them too. But um, that sort of started my second second career, um, which. So, so moving on from there, did you
0: then? Did you start regularly training at Fix Center?
1: Yeah, I did, but I kept it. I was really careful with my boundaries because I had two little kids. I was working. um, I could only train in the mornings, Um, so I was still trying to keep it at three or four sessions a week because that was just enough for me. Um, I did increase. Um, my strength training because the one thing that I did, you know, I did know was that at my age, getting older, um, and as a breaststroker, um, lifting weights was essential to what I did. Um, and yeah, I just, I just continued along pretty much on my merry way and just, you know, went from swim meet to swim meet. But to be honest, joining Masters swimming has been one of my greatest joys. And meeting, you know, people, um, getting to swim, you know, I love the fact that, you know, the events are mixed, and you know, I just, I love that. Um, it's, it's been really nice. I think it's such a beautiful community. Everyone's doing it for their own reasons. Everyone's doing it to their own capacity, and, you know, you just drop in and drop out as, as need be. So. Um, yeah it's been it's been really special and that was part of you know just keeping that love of swimming for me
0: it's a wonderful community and I mean I know the motto is fun fitness and friendship but I think that sort of encompasses and as you said earlier with the you know that joy that you have when you're swimming when you're little and you you go to your swim meet you know when you're 9, 10, 11, 12 and you're in an outdoor pool and you know, you've know you got a little tent set up behind your parents and you're having fun running around with all the other kids and they say oh, it's time to go and swim and have a swim and come back and you're running around with everyone and it's it's just that sort of childhood joy. Yes. And I think now that you come back to master swimming sort of in your, I know you were late 30s, 40s, 50s, I think people appreciate that kind of sense of wonderment with the whole thing Um, and as you say everyone has a different reason for being there I think it's it's a a wonderful community to be part of and and obviously you took it a lot further than that by winning FINA World Championship titles in Montreal and and Budapest Um, and you broke some world records as well which which ones did you break the
1: Um, FINA
0: Masters World Records I think it was a 50 and 100 50 and 100 was that was in Montreal
1: you're probably going to be better at this than I am because um I'm not great no I think maybe the 50 might have been in in Budapest um isn't it terrible I I don't (laughs) think about that stuff so so much I love it don't get me wrong um but I think I've become really good at um, at putting my expectation of myself in the right place, and so I I'm, don't sort of focus on records so much. I hate to lose. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, feel so ultra competitive, but I realized for to love this that it wasn't about. It wasn't about records and time so much. It was really for me about the process and the people. Um, and yeah, I think um, that gave me the opportunity to sort of just to get in and and have a crack. But you know, I've I've met some amazing people. Um, you know, from America and the UK. And you know, one of my favourite memories was. Um, uh, Kelly Evans Legaspi, um just sent me a, a Facebook message when I'd entered for Montreal and just said, um, "I saw, saw you put your entry in. Welcome to Masters Swimming and welcome to the breaststroke group," which I thought was such a lovely thing because we'd never met before, and it was so welcoming. Um, and we're still in touch and. You know, one of one of my toughest competitors is Helen Gorman, um, from the UK. Um, she is oh, she's one of the toughest competitors going around. And um I was always pretty anxious, particularly with the two hundred breaststroke swimming against her. And we've, you know, just been able to have this beautiful friendship, um, you know, from across the other side of the world. Um even while challenging ourselves and you know, in Budapest and each other, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, in Budapest, yeah. you know, some of my favorite memories were swimming in every pool possible. I think there were nine pools, and my goal was to have a swim in all nine pools. but That was just a training swim, um, and and we celebrated our performances with a beer in the beer garden after we competed. And you know, I don't know for maybe that. Yeah, that's it, right? Isn't it? It's. I think so. I mean,
0: you would never have done that back in your first swimming career, would you? Sit there after a race, whether it was a, a beer or, obviously, you were younger, but you wouldn't have sat there with your competitors and been able to to chat with them like that. I think that's a wonderful part of master swimming.
1: Yeah, and I think that's you know, for me, for me, having those those people around the world that just and and here that. Just love being in the water as much as I do. Um, That's a really nice thing because it's quite different to a lot of people in your life that, you know, probably sometimes wonder why you're still swimming or why you get up early in the morning to do it. I think we're quite a unique breed that, you know, we don't mind having wet hair, we don't mind smelling of chlorine, we're happy to get up at the crack of dawn. Um, You know, one thing I reflect on is in my lifetime, I've seen some of the most beautiful sunrises. Um, because i've I've been up early for swimming and for me that's yes. you know really a really special thing
0: do you, you still swim and um, train in an
1: outdoor pool now don't you I do a bit of a mix I swim at the Melbourne sports and Aquatic Center and so we have the option of the indoor pool or the outdoor pool outdoor is my right. preference um I'm yes not, I'm not great at swimming in in full sun but um, often you know, Two summers ago, I did a lot of my swimming at the Fitzroy Pool and the Brunswick Pool and the Paran Pool just for something different. Yes. Um, I just wanted a different black or navy blue or, you know, whatever colour line <laughs> I was following. I just I wanted something slightly different. Um, and even then, even in the last couple of years, you know, my swimming's just um, taken on a different different meaning and I haven't, I haven't competed as much, um, but that was just life where where my kids were and where work was. So, um, yeah, I I tend to sort of look for for those spots of you know beautiful aqua water that bring me joy.
0: <laughs> I think we're all searching for that, aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what What do you um? How do you like reconcile your in your mind your times that you did when you were younger to now? Do you look at them as two separate things or do you always have this part of you that's thinking it's it's not as close as, you know, to my PB, my original PB, or do you think of it completely differently? I'm probably I'm not putting words in your mouth.
1: Yeah, no, I do. I do think of them as completely differently except for the 50 metres breaststroke. Um, And so my goal was when I came back to swimming in in 2009, but sort of, you know, 2010, when I started swimming at the Australian National Championships again, I actually wanted to see how close I could get to my 50 personal best. I wasn't so concerned with the other two. Um, And actually by 2012, I got to within 02 at the time I'd swum as a nineteen year old for the fifty breasts. So I was pretty impressed with myself for that. Um, That's very impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> but the others I really didn't have that expectation. As as I kept swimming, I was happy when I was swimming faster. But honestly to be you can't replicate um, the the times that you do as a youngster with what you do when you're older and I wasn't prepared to commit to that amount of work to see if I could get that results because my life had moved on. I used yes. to I used to go to events and in my head it would be, what will I be happy with today? So I based everything on how do I feel today and that factored in what the week had been like and I remember I was talking to one of the girls who was much younger and she said to me what are you hoping to do today and I said do you know what Sammy if I break 114 today it'll be a good day um and that was just sort of the week that I'd had and she was in the heat behind (laughs) me and I swam the hundred breast and I went 113.99 and I looked up (laughs) and she laughed and she goes you know what today is a great day <laughs> and um, I used to do that to take the pressure off myself and just, um, uh, just you know, minimise my own expectation. Sometimes I would get in and race and, um, you know, all I would be focused on was my stroke count in a 200. You know, can I do 15, 18, 18, 18 strokes and maintain that in a 200 breaststroke? And um, you know, sometimes the time wouldn't be there on the board and some occasionally I'd get a comment or two, what was that time? But that wasn't <laughs> what I was focusing on. So it didn't really, I think sometimes other people maybe had more expectation on times than I did. I do love yes. to go fast. Don't get me wrong. I love to fast. <laughs> it feels great. Yes, of course. And um, like
0: what what goals have you got? heading forward with master swimming are you still planning on competing in the next few years or
1: I'd really like what are your thoughts yeah I'd really like to get back to competition I had to really reassess um quite a few things so um both my kids um in the last oh it's probably five years now have been diagnosed as type 1 diabetics and that just sort of really changed how I thought about, you know, my day to day life. Um, and I wore myself out basically, I think, training for, um, the, the last world championships in, in Montreal, um, cause I was getting up. At the time, Ethan was pretty newly diagnosed and Izzy was playing a lot of basketball. So I could be up two or three times a night testing blood sugars. I mean, it was about a little bit like having a newborn baby again where you're constantly getting up and sleep deprived. And um, I found it really hard to get up to go training. And in fact, sometimes I would get up to go training and I'd have my suit on and I'd drive over to the pool and I would sit in the car park and I would think, I can't do this um and so I just I just sort of looked and and just pulled everything back a little bit and just had to regroup and I think it was sort of um probably hitting this year a bit of going okay well I've had a couple of years in the role my work role that I'm in now um my kids are growing up Izzy finished year 12 last year Ethan's just about to finish year 11, so um, I feel like I can sort of put a bit more time back into me. So, yes, I would love to get back in and race again. Um, I'll be very picky with the events that I do. They might all go back to 50s (laughs) again. Free fly and rest. We won't put backstroke in there ever. (laughs) Are you sure? That's such a good race. I don't even know how to do a proper backstroke start. I know that sounds crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sure you'd be able to. I love swimming backstroke if it's slow and for recovery and I love doing backstroke kick and I think that's just one of the most beautiful things, just kicking along. But um, as far (laughs) as racing it, my body just does not know how to do it. So, yeah, I think in the future, yes, I would like to get back to racing. I haven't really sort of looked at key mates um, but, you know, with, with COVID's been an absolute challenge for everyone. Um, yes. so competition's sort of been out of the question, but um I've you know it, just a little reality check that that swimming is a really important thing for me physically and mentally yes. um and it's been nice because, you know, we have to book those those 50-minute time slots and and as you leave you see the next group and you'll see people you know and you stop and have a quick chat before they go into the pool. And, um, yeah, it is a community that that I want to continue to be part of. Yeah, it's a lovely
0: community. I think making those uh, times makes you honest, doesn't it? Because some pools um, in Melbourne at the moment you have to book a week ahead to get in to your session so it you sort of you paying upfront, and you think well I've got to, you know I've made a commitment now I've got to go
1: yes putting that money up front is the commitment but I think once you get back into that routine um you realize that it actually and makes you feel really good and yes I had a had a swim coach that said to me not long ago um you never regret the swim that you do." And it is so true. Sometimes I, I don't feel true. like going, but the minute I get out of the pool, I'm like, yeah, that was yes. good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> I, I want to finish off our talk for today with just asking you what your favourite set was back when you were younger and what is your favourite set now? So what what sort of did you always? What was the hardest one, or the one that you felt the most accomplishment with? And and what is your favorite set now?
1: Yeah, we used to we used to do, and we would repeat it um, twenty one hundreds of breaststroke. This was when I right. was younger. Um, on on uh, a two minute time cycle, and they all had to be pretty snappy and. Um, that was always a challenging, like a check-in, keep yourself honest kind of set. And then as yes. the week would go on, that would drop from like 20 to 16 to 12. Um, so it was that sort of reality check as you got closer to going into taper. So I always loved that. Um, did, did you have to keep that within a certain amount of time to your PB? Um, it was just consistency and based on heart rate. So it, it could be anywhere between the low one twenties. So one you know, it would it, the first few would start off pretty good, sort of one one twenty one, one twenty three. I probably would try not to go over one twenty five. Um right. but it would just depend on just depend on I was um if I could keep you know the power and the, the length in my stroke to be able to do that but we we were training really hard I mean we were doing 11 sessions a week so I had a lot of endurance um, and so that was probably one of my favorites even the 50s that I had to do like 2050s at 200 pace um and that would that really kept me honest yeah um, <laughs> one of my one of my sets that we often did sort of coming into competitions in the end was, um, well, the coaches, they used to put it up as 650s max. Right. And they would die at 50s. Um, but what they used to do would adjust it for me slightly so that as I build up that lactic acid, like to the point where I would feel like I was going up and down in the spot it wouldn't be a 50. It would come down to 35 metres. Um, right. So I would have to maintain the stroke rate and the speed, um, but I would only have to go 35 metres. One of the greatest challenges being a breaststroker is that you've got no overwater recovery. So, you know, you've got that pressure on you all the time. And I think I was always had a lot of muscles, so I tend to blow up pretty quickly with with um, lactate, sort of lactic acid flooding my system. <laughs> um, but I liked those. They used to make me want to vomit, but but it was good. Um, and I don't know, any kind of kick set, to be honest. Kick sets yes. are one of my favourites. Um, I just love it and the harder it is, the better, and I'm pretty demanding of myself. I love, you know, and these days it's great because I would wear a snorkel on a kick set to maintain my body position in the water. Um, whereas years ago I used to do breaststroke kick with our heads sticking up. Um, yes. Which would drop <laughs> your hips. So, um, yeah, they're probably just a couple of my favourites, anything that kept me honest really. Yeah. Then and definitely. now. Yeah. Um, I'm just terrible at freestyle, so if I can make a freestyle set on cycle, I'm, I'm happy. Um, happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, for me it's finding the right squad because being a breaststroker, um, it's it's always hard. Often you're doing, you know, your breaststroke sets on the same time cycle as people that are doing freestyle but you're at the back and you're swallowing all their, you know, yeah, water and, um, yeah. you know, you're getting all their wash. So, yeah, it's it's probably time to start looking for a, for a squad to swim with. That will keep me honest. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you'd be keeping all the other swimmers honest, Lily. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, look, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and the insights that you've given us today. And I, I'm sure all the listeners tuning in will get a lot from all the experiences you've talked about. So thank you so much and um, wishing you all the luck with all the swimming going forward.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And we actually You're have even welcome. talked about the fact that we were on my first state team together. I don't know if it was yours. Was eighty five um, your first state team?
0: I think I had one before that, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was my first overseas state team. Yeah, yeah, that
1: we went
0: yeah to China.
1: So we've had this really long connection. So it's fun to kind of we have talk about <laughs> swimming together.
0: I know I could talk all day. I I didn't even uh, ask you anything about your work or anything like that, but I, I love chatting to you and I love hearing your perspectives with swimming, so I think everyone else will as well. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.